Unchained Rock Show, All Talk with Steve Harrison. You're listening to the Unchained Rock Show with me, Steve Harrison. Now, uh, my next guest, no stranger to uh, every bedroom shredder on the planet, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the world's elite rock and metal guitarists, member of Active Defiance, just released their second album, Old Scars and New Wounds. I am talking to the one and only Mr. Chris Broderick. Chris, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing, Steve? Hey, I'm not too bad at all. Thanks very much for uh, chatting to us uh, here on uh, the Unchained Rock Show. Really do appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited about this. Hey, no problem. So, uh, you've just released uh, the uh, second album, um, Old Scars and New Wounds. And uh, what a belter it is as well, if I do say so. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, your uh, your your listeners would think so too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we've certainly been playing uh, the uh, the singles uh, in the lead up to it, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, so uh, how uh, how was the uh, feedback for the uh, for the album uh, been for you then? It's been really good. Uh, you know, a lot. We've done a lot of press on this, yeah. and a lot of the reviews that we've seen come back have been really over the top. And uh, I've looked at some of the charts, the initial initial charts that have come out from iTunes and stuff like that, yeah. and it's charting really well. So, um, you know, as as long as uh, I guess uh, Metal Blade seems to be really happy with yeah. it, where it's charting and stuff, um, I'm happy with it. You know, at, at the end of the day, I I personally, once I get done recording it and I turn it into the label, yeah. It's, you know, it's in the hands of the listener now yeah. and it's, it's really up to them. So, you know, whether it, uh, whether it does well or not is arbitrary to me. I'm, I'm glad it, when it does well, yeah. but it's not an expectation or anything like that. Oh, right. So, so in terms uh, of the, the album release and the material that you write then, you know, you say you, you turn into Metal Blade and then they sort of take over. What, what sort of expectations do you have then of, uh, of the album? Well, what did you have in mind? Well, I have no expectation. Oh, right. You know, um, this uh, when we set in to record the album, it's merely just to create the music, yeah. you know, that we love and that we want to get out and that we're excited about and uh, talk about topics and and uh, concepts that are, you know, that, that we're really uh, heavily into at the yeah. moment. Yeah. So, so we have no expectations, you know. It's, again, it's always a hope that it does well because ultimately – that that means the survival of the band in the sense of the public eye, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, if nobody, if everybody, you know, nobody, if nobody listened to us, then <laughs> there would be no point in really trying to get the music out to yeah. people. But it, it definitely wouldn't stop me from creating it, yes. you know? Yeah, I, I think we're, uh, I don't think that's ever, ever going to happen, uh, to be quite honest. I mean, uh, the, the first album, uh, Birth and the Burial, uh, that, was, uh, that was something uh, pretty exceptional as well. And obviously with the second release, uh, I was fortunate enough to have a preview copy. I mean, do you feel the yourself that um, both of the band and the sort of material that it's evolved in, in a way from the, that first release? Absolutely. I think it's, you know, the, the first release, Birth in the Barrel, was such a shotgun wedding in terms of yeah. forming the band, yeah. looking for label support, trademarking the name, yeah. you know, just getting getting all the ducks in a row while Sean and I were writing the music yeah. that, you know, it was, it, it was it, actually, it's quite surprising that 
that it came together as well as it did because you never know. We could have could have had problems with you know other members just yeah. not jiving with what we were doing yeah. or you know the label uh, having issues or whatever you know there's so many things that you know normally a band gets to develop over years yeah to find out if they work and we were just like all right let's put this together yeah. let's get it going yeah so you know, I mean, from, i'm sorry go, go on ahead. sorry i was gonna say from december of uh 2014 uh you know, we turned from that. It, that was the inception date of, hey, let's make this a band. Yeah. And and by May, we had turned in the the final product, yeah. you know, birth and the burial. Yeah. And no, go ahead. I was going to say, because I mean, in terms of, of that from December 2014, uh, so, you know, not even sort of three years uh, and already getting out two great albums. So that's uh, in itself, that's some achievement and must show, uh, you know, sort of the testament to the to the will in the band and the way that you've connected to, to you know, to develop the songs that you're happy to release. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's been great with Old Scar's New Wounds to see how Henry and Matt have have become part of the band and we're all a cohesive unit and, you know, everybody's contributing and they're bringing their own styles to the table. And that's what's so awesome. Yeah. It, and, you know, there, there are songs and things on, on the CD that Sean and I couldn't have written on our own because it's just, it's not in our wheelhouse. It's not part of our style. And that's what makes old scars, new wounds. Uh, so great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the title's an interesting title because I think people can look at album titles and sort of obviously interpret things uh, how they see. You know, they're sort of, uh, as, as from from uh, my perspective, Birth and the Burial, you could always ascribe it to, to you and that sort of stinting sort of mega death. It's about the rebirth of you in a new band and leaving the past behind and burying it. Where, where does sort right. of, where does sort of um, uh, new, old scars and new wounds take you then? For me, it's just that, uh, you know, it's a, it's about life in general. It, you know, we never want to get too specific with either, um, our, our CD tiles, yeah. our band name, our lyrics or anything like that, because we always want the listener to be able to, to listen to the lyrics and be able to apply what's going on in their lives yeah. to, to the meaning in the lyrics. And yeah. that's what I love about, you know, really well-crafted lyrics is that, you know, everybody you know, has an interpretation about what they mean and what they mean to one person is different for the next. So, uh, for old scars, new wounds, you know, my personal take on it is that, you know, we, we've all been working at this really hard and we've had our, our moments of achievement and our moments of failure. And, you know, even though we've accumulated scars, you know, yeah. we're all, we're yeah. still fighting Yeah, and we're still accumulating wounds. So, Indeed, indeed. Now, um, I mean, with the band of uh, Active Defiance, um, it seems to uh, to sort of be the the vehicle, I suppose, for want of a better phrase, that it seems to be able to allow you to sort of fully express your, yourself, both as a, as an artist, a writer, and a guitarist. Uh, so, are we sort of seeing the the real Chris Broderick uh, in Active Defiance? Because I just sort of think about you know a lot of uh, guitarists in in bands themselves with vocalists, you know, they sort of tend to sort of stray off, and then they've got side projects and releasing sort of solo material quite frequently in between the current band. Are you sort of in a position where you think, no, actually, this is active defiance, this is me, and this is what, you know, this is what I do? 
Well, definitely Act of Defiance is me, but it's it's me and my part in the band. Yeah. You know, this this band is is for equal members yeah. and so there's always going to be some compromise and some some decision making that goes with the decision of all of us making that decision. Yeah. Um so it is definitely definitely me and my part in the band, but it's not it it's not only my decision making yeah. process. Yeah. So you know, if I were to do a solo CD, it would definitely be a little bit more geared towards the guitar playing aspect of things, um, you know, and maybe some of my progressive sensibilities. But it's, but the the thing I I like about Active Defiance so much is that because it is for equal members, yeah. you get certain styles that occur that wouldn't if you just have a single writer. Yes, yeah. It obviously brings in that sort of different influences and sort of inspirations and the opportunity to sort of bounce off each other's ideas then. Yeah, I like this is a huge generalization, but, you know, for example, Matt, Matt brings in the, the sort of East Coast, slightly hardcore sensibilities yeah. that he grew up with, you yeah. know, and, and uh, Sean is just, he's straight up, you know, uh, metal and thrash, yeah. you know, yeah. if you want a straight up metal tune, you go to Sean and, you know, I have my my progressive metal kind of background, yeah. and and uh, Henry has a, you know, he, his song kind of brings almost a Scandinavian type of sound to it. So, it, you know, these are huge generalizations, but it, they're references that point to you know exactly how the influences are changed by adding members. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you sort of have any interest then, uh, Chris, in terms of uh, releasing that sort of solo CDs and solo projects on a frequent sort of basis? Or is that is that just sort of a part to one side? You know, I, I think I do. I do want to release a solo CD, um, but it's not necessarily going to follow any particular timeline or anything like that. Yeah. It's just that I have I have lots of guitar material that I've written. And, you know, that's not necessarily appropriate either for vocals yeah. or, you know, for, um, for active defiance in that sense that I, I might want to get out. So that's really where I see a solo CD coming out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, it's sort of quite uh, eminent in terms of uh, uh, putting releases out uh, on the internet and to YouTube as well. And obviously, uh, quite significant in the sort of flamenco and the classical style uh, of guitar playing. You reference uh, the likes of sort of Paco de Lucia as, a, as an early influence. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, what an incredible player, you know, and it's, it's sad to see that he's been lost to us. But um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But I, I love flamenco. I got my, you know, classical guitar degree, um, my classical guitar performance degree, you know, a, yeah. a while back ago. Yeah. And so I love that, that style of music and that way of playing. Yeah, uh, certainly because I, I, I recall as well as, as a youngster sort of wanting to sort of learn to play guitar. I was there back in the day, then sort of put it down when I realized it wasn't really going to go, go far for me. But, <laughs> but in terms of Paco de Lucia, that was certainly an influence on me as well. Uh, in terms of uh, the uh, good old uh, Paco de Lucia, John McLaughlin, Aldo Miola, uh, live tome, as it were, the, uh, the good old uh, Friday night in San Francisco uh, and, yeah. and the, the meeting of the spirits. And I remember sort of seeing the, the video of that and it had, 
it had Larry Coriel on it back in, I think that was late sort of 70s, 80s. Right. And, I, and I was really disappointed because I wanted to see Aldo Miola live version. And that sort of, <laughs> that sort of stimulated me into that sort of guitar back in the yeah, 80s and early, early 80s, definitely. Um, and so right. is, is that something that sort of stimulated your influences into your guitar playing? Yes, yes. But I was actually uh, found Paco de Lucia uh, before I found, you know, the, the trio that he had done with, yeah. with Al Daniela and John McLaughlin. And um, so that was just a special treat when I heard yeah. that, yeah. Um, you know, and players for me that first got me into it were like Pepe Romero, who's more of a classical guitarist. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Fisk, John Williams over there in your neck of the woods. Yeah, indeed, and, yeah. Yeah, so, so lots of great classical guitarists. And, um, you know, I did, was lucky enough to, to get to see the trio, um, you know, I, I think twice, wow, actually. Right. And I, I saw Paco de Lucia about six months before he passed away. Right. So I, I felt really good about that. Yeah. It was great to get to see him one last time. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, in, in terms of your guitar playing then, Chris, if I can sort of just focus on that just for a second. Um, I mean, how do you sort of push yourself technically? Uh, and I suppose, yeah, th- a theory and theoretically as well, because uh, are you sort of still sort of learning things? You sort of hear, may hear a lick somewhere else and think, oh, I like that. I'll try and incorporate that or un- understand how, how, how it's delivered or how it's uh, how it's done. You know, so what do you do to push yourself then technically? Well, <laughs> I'm always pushing myself. Indeed. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's, it's, you know, if, if without going into a two hour dissertation, Indeed, on this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, of, one of the, one of the best ways to, to talk about how I push myself is either I'll take a concept that's built behind a new technique, you know, say yeah. whether it's two handed tapping or, or whether it's doing some uh, right hand fingering in a, a soloistic sort of fashion, yeah. or it's it's investigating a new theoretical move, you know. So like one of the one of the new tonalities I've really loved. I always loved the Neapolitan chord, uh, which is a chord that's used um, primarily in the uh, Romantic era. Yeah, and uh, but I wanted it to sound a little darker and meaner, so I can extrapolate the idea of you know, well, how can I alter this chord and still keep its function? It's the yeah. way that it's used yeah. intact. And so I'll investigate those things. And a lot of times I'll pair those two things. I'll be like, well, let's build this tapping technique around this theoretical technique and yeah. see what results. And that's what I really love about theory is it's not only just looking what other people have done and saying, oh, okay, well, now I can do that. But it's looking yeah. what, what's been done in the past and saying, well, how can I augment that how yeah. can i make that something new at least to me you yeah. know and that's that to me is the biggest um pusher of my my ability yeah yeah right that's interesting now in terms of live performances then chris um will we uh, get to see active defiant sort of uh, cross the pond and then uh, come over to uh, uk and, uh, and and europe anytime soon we're definitely working on it. Um, <laughs> right. We've been talking to a, a booking agent over there in your neck of the woods yeah. and uh, trying to get something put together for for potentially early to mid-2018. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. You know, this business is so fickle. Indeed, um, yeah. We're just, we're just trying to make it happen. Yeah. But we would love to get over there and uh, 
and uh, tour for you guys. Indeed, it would be. Yeah, it would be certainly a, a sight to be uh, to be hold without a shadow of a doubt. And I can think of a couple of nice sort of uh, festivals that uh, would uh, Active Defiance would absolutely fit into particularly well. We've got Bloodstock over here. Uh, Bloodstock, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a, just a great full-on heavy metal festival. Uh, and yep. uh, yeah, I think um, I think you'd be, you'd go down exceptionally well over here with that one. Without a doubt. Are you yeah, I've, got, uh, sorry, go I've got a friend over there that I talk to all the time in London. He He's played Bloodstock many times now, yeah. and he uh, he just, he's like, you guys need to get over here yeah. and play this. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, I, and Sean and I have played Bloodstock, of course, but it was only once. Yes. And uh, it just seemed like such a, like, it's like the underground metal festival yeah. kind of to me. It's what it seemed like, like. It just had such a, this is metal and this is what metal is about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It, is that, it is that kind of festival. It's sort of quite, it has about sort of 15,000, but it's got a, a real sort of that community feel about the festival. I know that's sometimes a cliche often said, but it really does have that, uh, it does have that feel. And absolutely, yeah, it's that underground, that metal festival without a shadow of it, and nothing else gets in. So uh, yeah, it would be good. Are you touring around uh, America then and, and elsewhere on the back of the uh, album release? Yeah, that's another thing we're working on right now yeah. is a uh, very early 2018 tour where um, we're going to be doing North America. I can't, unfortunately, announce it yet because the headliner has not announced it. Oh, right, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's looking pretty good for that one, so we're happy about that. And uh, we'll just be touring on this this album as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, Chris, I really do appreciate you uh, taking the time out to uh, chat to us here on the Unchained Rock Show. Uh, we got there in the end to uh, to uh, get hold of you and, and have a chat. Uh, congratulations uh, on the release uh, of Old Scars and New Wounds. It is a great album, and uh, we would absolutely love to see Active Defiance over here in the UK without a shadow of a doubt. Well, thank you so much, Steve. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Cheers, Chris. Thanks very much.